Hello and welcome back to another episode of Rated M for McPhail. I'm Erin. I'm Audrey. And this is the conclusion of our Back to the Future series. We're going to be talking about Back to the Future Part 3. The final chapter, thank God, in the Back to the Future trilogy. A lot of people don't like this movie. A lot of people haven't seen this movie, which is weird because of how much people tend to like the first and the second. Um, I I feel the opposite is true. I feel like a lot of people, at least a lot of my friends, like the first and the third, but they really don't like the second. Interesting. I feel like a lot of people think of the third as sort of like the inevitable drop-off in any trilogy where like the third movie just isn't as good. Um, Yeah. I don't know. That makes sense. Although Revenge of the Sith is really good. That's clearly the best of the prequel trilogy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Exceptions. There's exceptions to the rule. And Jurassic Park. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Jurassic Park 3. Definitely the best one. Alan. Alan. So so where we last picked up is Marty is stuck in 1955. Uh, He goes to find Doc Brown, who thinks that he... Doc Brown had just sent Marty McFly back to 1985. But Doc Brown from 1985 is in 1885. (laughs) It's very confusing. It's pretty confusing. There's multiple people being discussed. Um... So uh, Marty shows the letter to Doc. They they go through this whole setup. There's another like reference to the door, like the the door scene of the mo- in the first movie when Marty's like trying to convince Doc that he's who he says he is, and Marty's doing the same thing in the beginning of this movie, being like, you know, you were we did this together, and basically explaining the plot of the last two movies. And I don't know why Doc is so like suspicious this time. Cannot believe it. Yeah. I don't, I don't know either. It's it's a little weird. But so so he so Doc in Doc from 1985 has left this letter for Marty with very explicit instructions that are well, 1955 Doc is going to help Marty fix up the time machine which Doc, no, 1985 Doc has hidden in like a cave and then Marty's going to just go back to 1985 and destroy the time machine and leave Doc in 1885. Yeah, he's like I've always wanted to live in the old west. I think this will be a great way to like live out my retirement years. Like don't worry about me. I'm fine. You, the time machine's going to do more harm than good. Just destroy it. Like you're my friend. Here it's like such a touching letter. And Marty is like fuck that. Marty's like I'm a rebel. I don't follow the rules. I'm not a chicken. Yeah, basically, about yeah. chicken enough in Back to the Future 2. Yeah, so he... Marty hates being called the chicken. I don't know if anyone... We, we didn't really... We touched on it a little bit, but it happens when he's on the phone with needles. Yeah, it it, it pops up a couple times in that movie, and um, the, the needles backstory is not a particularly well-explored one. Um, no. But he's in the second and the third films, and he's like a friend-slash-co-worker of Marty's, but also just like a dick. Just a dude in the town? I don't know. Yeah, uh, random human who seems to have like an inordinate amount of control over like the events of Marty's life. So Marty is like at Doc's house, and Doc wakes up in the morning, and he thinks that it's howdy duty time, and he's just like talking into the recorder about how like they it was a success. He sent Marty back to the future, all this stuff, yeah. and then Marty's in the house with him. Whoa! Being like, I brought you home, you idiot. Yeah, and Doc is like pressed up against the piano, like scared, yeah. so that everything anybody says is punctuated by like dramatic piano music. 
Um, yeah, yeah. This movie, when I was watching this part of the movie, I was like, oh, this is definitely the most, like, kid-friendly, I think, of the three. Yeah. Because then later there's, like, that when Doc is reading the letter, he's holding the magnifying glass in front of his mouth. So it makes his mouth, his mouth like, really, really big. big. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's very silly, like, over-the-top stuff. And then when Marty is meeting his, like, Irish relatives and he's holding the baby, the baby, like, pees on him. Yeah. And he's like, so you're my great-grandfather, first McFly born in America, and you peed on me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so, um, Marty, like, reintroduces himself to Doc Brown and, like, convinces him that he's real, and they go together to find the DeLorean, um, because, like, the whole thing about the DeLorean, like, it couldn't be fixed until the parts were, like, invented in, like, the 40s, and, uh, they go find it, and then they're also, like, traipsing through the graveyard, at which point, um, Marty slash Einstein, who is adorable with his little headlamp through the- Copernicus! Oh, yeah, it's Copernicus. Sorry. Sorry. Copernicus. In How my dare notes, you? it says Copernicus, but I wasn't looking at my notes. Um, he's got a little headlamp on. He's very cute. And he finds Dr. Emmett Brown's gravestone. Um, it yeah. says he was shot in the back by Buford Tannen over a matter of $80. Um, and that he died like like a week after, um, after he wrote letter the letter to Marty. Yeah. Um, so Marty's like, well, we can't have that. <laughs> Yeah, and it's actually, like, a really sad scene when he finds that, and then, like, Doc comes over, and he sees it, and, like, Marty's standing, like, on his grave, and Doc's like, don't stand there, and it's... Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, hard. Um, These movies get a little morbid, more morbid as they go along. Yeah, and so Because Marty almost gets hanged in this movie, so... Yeah, they they do a lot of um, research before they, like, do anything where they go back in time and they're reading up about, like, the period and Buford like Tannen. Valley in this time. Yeah, and uh, Buford Tannen. McFly's in this time. Yeah, yeah. And um, there's the whole thing about, like, Buford Tannen having killed 12 men, not including two Chinamen. Yeah. And yeah. that he Ooh, killed nice. a newspaper reporter after he published an unfavorable story about him, which... Seems fairly uh, funny. So. Buford Mad Dog Tannen. Yeah. Yep. Biff's relative. I don't know if, I, if we if that's clear. Uh, he is he is Biff and he's played by the same actor who plays Biff. Yeah. And there's uh, there's like a moment in the video at the, the Biff Tannen Museum in the second movie oh, where right, they talk right. about his ancestor, Buford Mad Buford Dog Buford Mad Tannen. Dog Tannen. Yeah. Yeah. Who does the worst like old Western voice, I think, in the movie. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's not as bad as Michael J. Fox's Irish accent. No, I don't think there are a lot of things as bad as Michael J. Fox's Irish accent, unfortunately. But anyway, we'll get to that. So so they're loading up the time machine with all of its new parts and uh, its new red wheels. Uh, and Marty gets some, gets some Old West gear. <laughs> That's like pink and yellow and, and red it's like made out of plastic and like fibers that are not natural and uh and it's got like and, fringe it's yeah. very costumey it definitely doesn't look like the old west and yeah and doc is like haven't you ever seen a western and and marty's like yeah clint eastwood and doc's like i don't know who that is and yeah like, future oh, yeah. boy stop yeah. doing that yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and then he's like, oh, you got to put on your boots because you can't wear these futuristic shoes, which are his Nikes. And he's like, you shouldn't even be wearing them here in 1955, yeah. which I appreciated. Yeah. Like, yeah. 
Drag him, Doc. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, so they, he goes back in time. Oh, I love it. Like when Doc's explaining the whole scenario and he's like, and you're just going to like drive straight towards that, you know, where all those like Indians are at the drive-in thing. Yeah. And, um, he's just like, but then I'm going to hit them. And he's like, you're just not thinking fourth dimensionally and like it's a repeated <laughs> line. And I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then when Marty travels through time, he actually does run into some Native Americans. Yeah. He then yells, Indians! Yep. Because he's super culturally sensitive. Oh, boy. Um, oh, I should mention this. I, I talked about this earlier, but we were at Disneyland yesterday, and on the Jungle Cruise, there's, like, um, some tribes that you run into. Uh-oh. And I was like, oh, maybe they want to, maybe they want to tweak this. I think it would be time to, like, update that. Yeah. So, yeah. pretty rough. Hey, pretty next rough. time I go to California to visit you, like, we definitely need to go to Disneyland, because I've never been to Disneyland. Oh, oh, I'm down. We I've can, only gone we to can, Disney World. So. Uh, well, they've got all kinds of Star Wars stuff there now, which makes my heart sore. So yeah. well, we, we saw a bunch of little, they have this like Trials of the Jedi. And if you're between the ages of four and 12, you can like train as Padawan. What? And I we saw a bunch of them yesterday, like in the little, little show that they got to perform in. They get to like fight Kylo and Darth Vader. And it's so cute because it's just like oh my God. 20 or 30 tiny children in jedi ropes holding lightsabers and like doing like force things with their hands and i was like my heart just filled with joy in a way that i didn't know i was able to feel anymore i so. don't know if i ever told you this but um my i guess like step nephew um he turned five last year like in september of last year mm-hmm. and he had a star wars birthday party Oh, I think you might have told me this. But yeah, and I, they were all, like, amazing. in, in like, robes. They were all in Jedi robes. And then they, like, got one of the one of the kids' older brothers, who's probably, like, 13 or 14, to dress up as Darth Vader. Yeah. And they were oh, all just amazing. wailing him with pool noodles. And it was amazing. Like, it made me so happy. That's so good. Children in Star Wars. A great mix. Yeah. The way it Yeah, except be. Uh, last time, the last time I was at Disneyland was, like, a year ago. And it was when Shannon was here and we saw a similar situation happening. And Shannon was like, oh, is this when Anakin comes and murders them all? (laughs) Nice. Nice. (laughs) Dropping that reference. I was like, proud of you, Shan. So, yeah. Back to the Future 3. So, Marty goes back. Oh, oh. Sorry. I just, I looked down at my notes to see what, see where I was. And I I think I'm going to start signing all of my letters or emails, your friend in time. (laughs) I think that's a great idea. It's such a cool sign off. It's I'm so be- it's so much better. Work emails now. It's way better than like best or like regards or, or sincerely your friend in time. Come on. Yeah, I might do that for all of my work emails now. <laughs> it's so cool. It's so baller. I feel like people. There's no way anyone could have a negative reaction to that. No, people, I think people might be confused a little bit. Like, they will either get it and think it's hilarious or just be like, okay. Like, there's, there's no negative reaction to that. Yeah. Um, so Marty has, like, gone back in time and he's being chased by the Native Americans. And then he, like, drives the DeLorean into a conveniently sized cave where a black bear lives. Now, maybe you can inform me on this, but, like, are black bears native to the desert? I don't believe so. I thought black like, have bears you seen were... black bears anywhere in like the desert part I, of the No, but of there LA? are bears that like live in California. Yeah, like, but like in northern in California, suburb... right? No, but there are some in the suburbs because there's like mountains and stuff down okay. here. 
So okay. they like I saw. I feel like I remember seeing on the news like people being like bear in this person's yard in this like tiny town in like the suburbs. So they're they are here, but I just don't like think, the deserty part seems. I don't weird think to about me. the. I don't think the deserty part. I don't know. Wait, and also I thought that cave was the cave. Well, no, it must not be. I thought that was the cave where Doc hides it or who had hid the time machine. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. It's just like, it's the perfect size for a DeLorean. Like, he backs into it and it's just like a dream. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So, so then Marty is walking. He, I forget, I forget what happens next. I was kind of speeding through it when I was watching it He like tries to head towards town, but then he like ends up getting knocked out and found by Seamus McFly. Seamus McFly? I can't do it. And then he wakes up and then it's another wake up scene. But yeah. it is his great, great, great grandmother. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's her name? Mrs. something? Maggie. Maggie. Maggie McFly. Don't you forget the missus. Yeah. Um, I So I don't know how I feel about Leah Thompson playing Mrs. McFly. Like, no, I know it's, it's weird. I wrote this down. Why is it? Why is like Leah Thompson and why is it Leah Thompson and Michael J. Fox? Like in every other continuity, it's not that. Yeah. Right? Like, it's weird. It's, it's like, I understand that they're trying to do the, you know, Mother and Marty parallel that they've done in the other movies, but it's like, she's not a McFly, like, by birth, so, like, she shouldn't have a doppelganger ancestor. Yeah. Um, It just makes their family seem, like, inbred. And I know they have issues with, like, inbred stuff, but (laughs) it's... Yeah. It's weird. Um, And I mean... It's really weird. Her little Irish accent is... It's not bad. It's it, Compared fine. to Michael J. Fox's, it's not bad. It it's, is bad, but it's not, like, the worst. Just, she's just like, oh, William, he's the first of our family born to, in America. And it's just, like, her voice gets really high-pitched, and it's, like, yeah. sort of strange, but it's passable. It's fine. Yeah. I'll buy it. Yeah. Um, and what's weird to me, too, is that, like, at no point in this movie do people acknowledge that Seamus and Marty are identical. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're, they're also, the same person. It's funny that Seamus is, like, red-haired because I was like, oh, Air Stoltz. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, like, he, even Seamus is just like, yeah, there's something about him. And it's like, yeah, the fact that he looks exactly you are twins. like you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Um, I feel like everyone also, in terms of performances, just gets, like, more and more cartoony as the movies go. Yeah, As they go along. Everyone gets a lot more, like, screamy and, like, is just high-pitched volume and does, like, more voices and stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's good. It's all good. So, so Seamus gives, gives Marty a hat and, um, they go, they go to town Marty ends up in the the bar, and he's which is like for the like, lose cafe slash bike wherever I forget what it is in regular nineteen eighty five stand in is the bar yeah the yeah saloon and they he, he orders like a non alcoholic beverage and they like laugh him out of the place yeah 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 oh and then and when they're he's at the McFly farm she gives him water and it's all like gross yeah it's like brown yeah yeah. Um, so then that's when he first runs into Buford Mad Dog Tannen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's such a great visual when he calls him Mad Dog and then everybody, like, ducks and, like, runs out. <laughs> yeah. And then he has to dance because Buford's like, dance. And, and he's shooting, shooting at his feet. feet. And then he starts, like, moonwalking and doing, like, Kid Michael friendly. Jackson dance moves. Yeah. 
which are clearly not Michael J. Fox. Like he is, he has a dance it's, double. Yeah, yeah, no, no way. <laughs> it's it's really like it's very obvious. Like they don't and, ever show anything above like the waist when he's doing that. Yeah, yeah. And then when he uh, kicks the like chamber pot essentially over it's the, the spittoon. Oh, okay. Well, it's all spit. It all. I thought it was poop. Uh, which added to like, the man- the manure uh, motif, but it's fine. Yeah, I think it's like chewing tobacco and spit and stuff. Makes sense. It looked gross. Yeah, it, it was like a brownish, gross liquid. Yeah, and that ends up flying all over Buford Mad Dog Tannen, which does not please him. So then he starts shooting at Marty, because Marty's getting shot at a lot. Yeah, he knows how to get off on the wrong foot with people. I will say that. That's true. That's very true. So he ends up like almost getting lynched. Um, yes, yes, correct. And uh, then pretty terrifying. Then Doc shows up with like a shotgun that's got like a scope on it, like a handmade scope. I think. <laughs> yeah, it is. yeah. Um, <laughs> and Classic so he and, he and Buford get into like a, a shouting match about like you know Buford blames Doc for not shoeing his horse properly and like mm-hmm. spilling all the whiskey because he got thrown from the horse. And then Doc's like, like "Well, bring the problems. horse." back to me and I'll reshoe him and he's like well I had to shoot the horse and it's just like so this whole thing. thing honestly I don't I don't really care for westerns like and Same. I know that this is like so westerny western and I like this movie because it's back to the future but like I also just a lot of it I'm like I don't care about this like okay it's it's cool we're in the old west like yeah. neat I it's there are very few westerns that I like it has to be like a top notch perfect western for me to appreciate it yeah um but so, yeah so so they're so doc and marty are reunited mm-hmm. two bro brothers in arms it's really sweet doc like yells at him for coming back but then he's like but it sure is good to see you marty and you're yeah. like oh friends they're so cute um and then they go to find the delorean right yeah they go to the delorean and bring it back to emmett's like because he's a blacksmith yeah. So they bring it back to Doc Brown. He's really just shot. settled into 1885 and, like, also, like, seamlessly somehow. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's been months, like, but. I think it's also, like, California back then. Like, people were showing up all the time and you would just kind of, like, establish yourself. Um, yeah. So, very transient community. And, yeah, so, like, they do that and then they talk, like, Marty shows him the picture of the gravestone. It's just like, you're going to die in a week. Like, oh my god, who is Clara? And he's just like, I don't yeah, know anyone. I don't Clara. know anyone. I don't have time for a social relationship. And also, that would like endanger the space time continuum. Yeah, all that stuff. Excuses, excuses. Yeah. So, and then, like, the, like, clockwork, the mayor of the town shows up and it's just like, hey, remember how you said you'd escort the new school teacher into town? Like, here's her information. She'll be here tomorrow. BT dubs. Her name is Clara. Yeah. And, um, so they're like, well, so it's, uh, they end up, like, they go out there researching how to get the DeLorean to, um, to go that fast. To get to 88 in the time, because there's not enough, like, power. Yeah. And I think, like, the the Native Americans, like, shot an arrow into the fuel line. So, like, all that was leaking. Yes. Because they had to somehow undo what the, you know, the 2015 modifications with the Mr. Fusion. <laughs> right. Um, so, so yeah, like, they're, they try, 
with a team of horses. And that it's doesn't like, work. I think, that would not go up to 88 miles yeah, an hour. I think Don Come Brown on. should know that horses can't run 80 miles an hour. Um, and then, you know, they try other stuff. And they try the train. Yeah. And, um, and then they see Clara Clayton and Mary Sandberg. And um, they run into Clara. She's about to go over this ravine. <laughs> And Doc says her. This is also like when I was little, I also just didn't care about the like love story subplot. No, not at all. So I was like, oh god, the like, gross. Meh. Um, I mean, now I like it because Mary Steamerton is so good. But I, when I was younger, I was like, I don't. Whatever, it doesn't matter. And it's also like you're so used to the movies being about Marty, and then all of a sudden it's just, like the shift to being like, oh, this is about Doc now. Yeah, I I don't know. <laughs> then I'm like, oh, old people. <laughs> I'm still not like super into the love subplot in this movie. It just seems like I don't know if Christopher Lloyd can like fully pull it off. Like Mary Steenburgen's really good, but yeah, he doesn't seem like he can handle being the romantic lead of a movie. Um, yeah, that's valid. So, yeah, so, like, they save her, and she doesn't go over the ravine, and then they find out, they're like, oh, like, Marty somehow remembers, like, Yeah, Marty's oh, yeah. like, oh, we all had teachers we wanted to send over the ravine. I'm like, that's a little extreme, that you wanted to just murder your teacher in cold blood. That's fine. And it's, it's also, like, Doc Brown mentions earlier in the movie, like, oh, ha, huh, interesting, it's not the Clayton Ravine yet, it's still, like, some Native American name. And he doesn't think to mention that then, that it's like, oh, yeah, it's named for a school teacher, like, we all hate school teachers. So, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's weird that, like, he remembers it after all yeah. of that stuff happens. Oh, and then also, I like when Doc is like, Yeah, I'm the town scientist. I mean, blacksmith. And she's like, Science? What kind of science? <laughs> and, it's like, What kind of slip up is that? Scientist? I mean, blacksmith. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Damn it, Brown. Keep it together. She's into science. She's into astronomy. She's got that telescope. Yeah. She is the most interesting female character in the series. Yeah, it's I true. I mean, she gets the most screen time, I would say, besides uh, Lorraine. But Lorraine is not that developed either. Lorraine just, like, wants to get married. Or I not want to get married. Yeah, I think Lorraine is, like, a very human character. Like, she, you feel a lot of empathy for her. And, like, yeah. Leah Thompson does a great job with she her. But, like, really she's not job. particularly developed. We don't know what her dreams are and <laughs> everything. Or, like, so. what her job is, if she has a job. Yeah. So. It's fine. It's not important. But Clara, like, survived diphtheria and she got, got really into astronomy and now she's a teacher. A teacher who went out to the Old West to just, like, by herself. Yeah. And then they're bonding over, like, her and Doc are bonding over, like, Jules Verne. And he's like, oh, I remember reading Jules Verne when I was a little kid. And she's like, um, what? This book came out 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, I forgot to mention about the town festival and they were like all doing all that old timey dancing and the and ZZ tower. Top. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, oh boy. I oh, love boy. the the festival has a few Okay, so Back to the Future Part Three for me is like a series of like really, really solid sequences and then sort of like boring lulls in between those. Yeah, agreed. And um, the what the festival has like a couple of the really great sequences, like when he's like he's doing the crack shot thing, mm-hmm, and then he like mm-hmm, throws the really frisbee good. and like you know miss like changes the direction of Buford Mad Dog's tannin's bullet, and like so it just knocks Doc Brown's hat off instead of like shooting yeah, him. Yeah, that's really cool. It's it's like it's so good. Um, so I I enjoy that and just like ZZ Top there playing. 
Yeah, and then Doc Doc and uh, Clara dancing is, like, all cute. Yeah. Yeah. And Strickland is there again. He's yeah, like, yeah. can't bring guns into the festival. Yeah. And, classic, uh, classic Strickland. Yeah. It's, it's fun. I, I also love, like, when Marty meets up again with Maggie and Seamus yeah. and he's just like it's like you got a new hat Frisbee far out and they're just like who is this idiot like what's <laughs> happening right now yeah it's good it's a fun time it's a so that's a very uh it's old west it's westworldy yeah kind of now when yeah, I, was this, I was just like thinking about westworld it's true i was thinking about back to the future three when i was watching westworld so i mean that makes sense it all comes back around and so, like, the big takeaway of this festival situation is that Marty has now agreed to a shootout with yeah. Buford Mad Dog Tannen. Oh, and there's that whole exchange where Marty's like, what, high noon? And he's just like, <laughs> no, 8 a.m. I like to get my killing done before breakfast. And Marty's yes. like, 9 a.m. I like to get my killing done after breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's good stuff. Yeah. Classic. Um. So, it's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, so Marty's trying to save Doc from this situation, I guess. But then it ends up sort of backfiring because then, like, the picture of the the gravestone changes and it's blank. It still says, here lies, and then there's a blank name. So it's like, we know somebody's going to die, but who is it going to be? Um, and then, like, it's sort of indicated who we think is going to die because the um, the coffin guy comes up and starts measuring Marty for yeah. a coffin. Just, like, <laughs> while pretty he's standing morbid. there. Pretty morbid. Yeah, so then uh, they're still trying to work on getting the time machine operational, though, too, right? Yeah, yeah, they're like, I think their plan is, oh, because, like, by this point, they know that they're going to leave on that certain day, because Marty's like, what do I care if I agree to a fight? Like, we're going to be gone that morning, and Doc's like, well, you still probably shouldn't do it, because, like, what if something happens, and we can't um, leave at that time? And I think, like, Doc and, and Clara get into a fight because Doc's, like, we can't Doc's date like, each other. Doc's, like, we're leaving. Yeah. Yeah, because he's leaving. I'm, I'm going back to the future. Yeah. And Clara's Both just, hurts. like, that's a lie. Like, it's such a stupid excuse. Don't, like, don't disrespect me by telling me such a stupid reason. Like, just say you don't love me and you don't want to be with me. Don't lie. Yeah. Sad. Yeah, it's rough. Um, Tugs your heartstrings. Yeah. So... Then it's like the morning of the the big showdown, and Doc big, just big shootout in town. Yeah, shootout at the OK Corral, and <laughs> Doc is so brokenhearted that he decides he wants whiskey, and apparently whiskey makes Doc catatonic. Yeah, like he just stands there. He can't do anything. He can't do anything. So Marty's like struggling because Buford's outside and ready to fight, and Marty's like trying to wake up Doc so they can leave. And uh, this is when Marty learns that he can't constantly fight everyone who calls him chicken. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's this yep. big character development. Yes. Where but Marty he's... does have a good old trick up his sleeve for this one. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, they're in the bar and everybody's looking at him. And also, by the way, um, I didn't know this before, but one of the guys who's in the bar who has, like, the silly voice... Mm-hmm. He was in like so many Disney movies. Like he was in the Aristocats. He was one of the dogs. Who was like the sheriff. Oh no way! Character. Yeah, he was like Lafayette, and um, yeah. So he was he was in like the Rescuers and the Aristocats and Robin Hood because he just has like that crazy identifiable voice. So <laughs> that's fun. But yeah, they're all like talking to Marty about how he's gonna be 
like everyone will remember you as the coward because you didn't fight Buford Mad Dog Tanned, and like everyone in the whole West will know that Clint Eastwood is a yellow belly. <laughs> it's great and, insults in this movie. And Marty's just like, no, he's an asshole. Like I'm not gonna fight him. Like he finally just learns how to brush things off and just be like, okay, not taking so seriously. Um, so they feed Doc Brown some like get up juice. And, yeah, uh, some. Oh, we didn't talk about this in Back to the Future Two, and when they drop off Jennifer at on the swing, and and Doc is like, "You might want to bring some smelling salts when you when you come pick her up." <laughs> Sorry, I didn't realize we were in like <laughs> Civil War era Savannah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh boy. Yeah. So, so yeah, so um, they're they're like feeding Doc like some some medicine to make him wake up mm-hmm. and he finally like wakes up but it's sort of too late and um marty goes out back and he steals a book out of old clint eastwood's playbook and yes he does invents we, we the bulletproof coming. vest and it's a great reveal a great moment one of the only things i really remember about this movie besides the end scene and the beginning the middle's all kind of a blur <laughs> yeah but i, I mean, remember the bulletproof vest i remember that that trick being like oh my god no marty's gonna get shot this is bad unfortunately like this movie is it's largely forgettable i think the the key role that it plays is that it ties things up within the universe but it ties not like loose as a movie it's not super memorable yeah. Um, it has, like, a few really good moments. Like, this shootout one is amazing. The where, shootout's like, really cool. Yeah, Tannen shoots Marty, and then Marty falls to the ground. And then as soon as Buford gets close, like, Marty, re- like, kicks him in the face or something. Like, yeah, knocks yeah. him to the ground and, like, yeah. reveals that he's it's been baller. wearing, like, a, the, a this, bulletproof the vest. The tin thing, or the, like, metal version of it's, it. It's like a door to a stove type thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, That he's been, like, wearing on a rope around his neck. Um, so that's, yeah, that's good. And then he just, like, he beats Biff Tannen physically just, like, by punching him and stuff. You so mean it's like Buford Tannen. Yes, I do mean that. Thank you. Um, Buford Mad Dog Tannen. <laughs> and so it's, like, Seamus is happy because he didn't resort to violent. Like, he did, but, like, he didn't shoot the guy. He wasn't guns. Yeah. 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 Because Seamus doesn't like guns. And, um... Yeah, it's just, it's it's really solid. It's like, it's a feel-good moment because you finally get to see this character get, get what is coming to him. But, I mean, it's not really the character that we want it most to come to him, although we've already seen that happen in theory. Yeah. Oh, there's a, I should have mentioned this earlier, like when we were first talking about this movie, but I'm just looking at my notes. And there's a moment at the beginning when Doc and Marty are working on um, figuring out how to fix the car and Marty doesn't know how the word schematic like he's reading <laughs> instructions and he he starts like stuttering on the word schematic and Doc oh Brown God. is like schematic and it's just like what like he's a seventeen year old eighteen year old person and he well by is, now he's a thirty year old man yeah he's a thirty year old man and he doesn't know the word schematic he's like ske, he ske. looks so old in this movie like I I know we didn't talk about this I mean because he they filmed two and three back to back. Right. But for some reason in this one, he just like looks that much older. Back to the Future 2, a lot of it is like there's a couple moments where it's passable, 
but there's some where he kind of looks old. This movie, he just looked looks old, and I'm like, no, that's not a teenager. Come on. Yeah, I mean, like Michael J. Fox can get away with a lot because he is like a youthful looking person. Like he's very yeah. short and yeah. diminutive, and he looks jovial. But, uh, I think it's the combination of like the Western clothing and just like. He, he just has like a weathered appearance yeah, that yeah. makes him look- maybe all those hours on family ties finally showing so um so yeah like Buford Mad Dog Tannen is like beaten up and then down for the count yeah he gets arrested by like the sheriff who suddenly shows up who hasn't been arresting him this whole time while he's been wreaking havoc on this town <laughs> yep. um so he gets Convenient. arrested and the gang gets arrested and it's a uh, it's like happy but then here's my question Mm -hmm. did he have time to meet a lady friend before this time like does like they never address biff's like family line like living on you know what i mean yeah i mean i would assume like Like, we, we assume he's just back in 1985 like when they get back to 1985 and the whole everything with the train and jennifer in the car and stuff like we don't see biff again yeah. But, we, um, but there's nothing well, that's going to indicate that that line has, like, died out now that... He is. Like, he jail. is in the... At the very end of Back to the Future 3, like, he helps... He's, like, buffing uh, Marty's car, and he's just like, oh, I like your cowboy costume. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. So I'm wondering, like, I would think that Buford Mad Dog Tannen, like, my assumption would be that he had an illegitimate child with someone, and then that person just gave their kid his name the because, Tannen like... Name? Yeah, because, like, you don't want your kid to have your maiden name because, like, scandal. But, um, yeah. So. Yeah, that makes sense. I'll buy that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, because I, I mean, he doesn't die in this He doesn't movie. die, but, like, he's pretty young still. And there's no introduction of, like, his wife or anything. Yeah, I think he probably just, like, knocked someone up and they were like, okay, I'm taking, this kid is going to have your last name because. And then that's how the tan lineage lived on yep Sounds much like right in you. our uh, in our lineage of yep. people having illegitimate children hi <sighs> so okay so then after this fight is over they have to rush to go get the car get back in time yeah to go back the to song. the future yep um to so hook up the car to the train to use the train power to get up to 88 miles per hour and doc brown has like some special to go over the ravine <laughs> yeah Doc Brown has some, like, special chemically altered, like, logs to put on the fire that will, like, make it burn hotter so that the train can go faster. Yes. And, um, honestly, like, I don't care for this sequence. Like, it's very cartoonish. Like, it's not very realistic, the idea that, like, this woman could hang on to this train for so long and that Doc Brown is, like, in his 70s and he can hang on to this train. Yeah, Um, yeah. I mean, I think it's cool that she, like, catches up with them. Yeah, definitely. But, and like, it's like, such a long sequence. You can't sequence. leave me, you little bee. Like, come on. Um, but it is a very long sequence. It's, it's the longest of the, like, getting back in time in the three movies of, like, the end, the big end crescendo, I guess. Yeah. And then, like, Marty throws the hoverboard back to Emmett Brown, and then, like, they, like, he catches Clara. And How would they... the hoverboard still be working at this time? Oh. And then, like, they float off on the hoverboard with, like, her in his arms. And it's it's very silly. Yeah. So Marty has to go back by himself. Yeah. And he goes back to 1985. And, like, immediately the DeLorean, the DeLorean gets crushed gets by a train. hit by a train. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's the end of that. Good riddance. That's what Doc wanted anyway. Yeah, so This is all for nothing. So Marty has gone back in time, even though Doc said, don't go back in time for me. Go back to 1985. Yeah. Same outcome. So that's fine. So Marty's sad. He's like, meh. No more Doc Brown. Like, this is really goodbye because the DeLorean's, like, completely obliterated. Just shattered. And then he's like, oh, I should probably go check up on my girlfriend who I just left on the porch of a strange house. Who I left passed out across several different time jumps. Yeah. Who knows what's happened to this girl? Yeah. But as luck would have it, she's just sleeping there. She's still sleeping. The writers can't even come up with an interesting, like, thing to happen to her, like, in the interim. She's not even just, like, in the kitchen. She's just asleep on the on the porch swing, and then he shows up, and she's like, Marty! And, uh, yeah, they... And then they get in the car, they get in his truck. Yeah, this go... is actually, like, one of my favorite moments in the... They, they go for a drive, and they pull up next to, uh, to Needles, who we saw in Back to the Future 2, but old, and he, like, challenges him to a race. Mm-hmm, and they're do. And uh, he called. does he call him Chicken here again? I forget. He yeah, he's yeah. just like, he's like oh, yeah, you he don't raise chicken. your chicken. And we know that's Marty's kryptonite, basically, which is outrageous. So then they're revving their engines and the lights going and everything. And then when the light turns, needles like speeds up, accelerates, and Marty just puts car in reverse and reverses to avoid that whatever accident that was going to come. Because Marty realizes this is the accident that causes him to give up his music and hurt his does hand. Does he and- though? I think he does. Because I think he doesn't realize it until the Rolls Royce, like, he's like, oh my god, I would have hit that Rolls Royce. I feel like it was genuine character development where he's, like, not going to let something like that get to him. And he's just like, no, he's an asshole. I'm not going to race him. Because, like, then he sees the Rolls Royce and he's just like, oh my god, I would have hit that Rolls Royce. And then, because, like, he didn't even know the details of the accident, like... Yeah. what the ramifications would be well, for I guess him. that's true. I guess only Jennifer overheard that entire conversation. Yeah, and then right? she pulls out the the facts and your fire goes away and she's like, it erased. Oh, and that is like the worst acting in, I think, the trilogy movie. She goes, she holds up the paper and is like, I brought this back from the future. Like, yeah, oh, Dr. Boy. Brown. Oh, it's- boy. <laughs> Yeah, which uh, now they're okay with telling her that time travel is real, but they were gonna trick her before into being like, "Oh, she'll think it was all a dream." Ugh, that's infuriating. So, like, that's don't fine. disrespect your girlfriend like that. Like, hashtag justice for Jennifer. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So, oh, so yeah, so then, so that's when they find Doc Brown. Doc comes back on the time train with his whole fam, his little fam. Which is really cute, but also naming his children Jules and Vern is like a little on the nose for me. You're setting them up for a lifetime of mockery. You can name one of them that, maybe. Jules, Vern, Brown. I don't know. Or like, go a little subtler, like name them after characters in Jules, Vern's books. Yeah, sure, that works too. Yeah. Um, and so, like, Doc gets, for me, like, gets this weird Englishy accent during his yeah. speech yeah, about making- Yeah, no, make- no, That is real. That's not just you. Yeah, like, the future like- being what you make of it, and he just, like, goes off into this, like, quasi-English accent. Your future accent. isn't written yet. Yeah. Make sure no it's a one's good one. has. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a little silly, but, um, for the record, I would, like, hardcore watch a spinoff about, like- 
Jules and Vern, like a supernatural style brothers traveling through time type Dad scenario. wants us to pick up where he left off. <laughs> yeah. Carry on the family Saving business. People. Hunting things. The family business. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'll be amazing. Also, okay, so now we can talk about what do we think all of these characters are, like, well, what do we think was their life after this? Because now Marty just has to go back to high school. Yeah. After yeah, this, um, this, these years, but, and he's back in the same week that he didn't leave. And he's aged, like, a few months, probably, like, more than everyone else. Um, yeah. Just through his tra- time-traveling exploits. Uh, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This, okay. Sidebar of what I've been, I've been watching. <sighs> I hate myself. Timeless? Uh, I've been, What? <laughs> Hey, oh no! Say. It was. I was not going to say timeless, but I have. But I was actually watching the season of the Vampire Diaries, season six, uh, because this the guy who's on it, who's like the main villain, is on Supergirl right now, and he's like really good, and he's really good at being villain in this in this season of the Vampire Diaries. But he was trapped in this prison world that was like stuck in the nineties, so he is still like in his like twenties, but his twin, who's in current times, is like in like thirty five, and they're like in her like late thir- in late thirties. So they're, like, not twins, but similar aging situation would have happened. That's interesting. That's how I always like that when stories do that, and it's it's fun. Yeah. But anyway, uh, no, we, well, we can talk about Timeless after we talk about the, everyone's fates. Okay. So I feel like Marty... Marty's probably got a tough road ahead of him because he's been living a very exciting life for the past couple months, and... And now it's going to wind down and Doc's not, like, letting him travel through time anymore. Yeah. Um, well, Marty has proven that he cannot handle it because, like, he almost destroyed the world by trying to bring back a great sports almanac. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I feel like it's going to be... And then maybe, like, Doc Brown comes back every once in a while and they have, like, quick little adventures. Um, well, maybe you know, Doc Brown is checking up on Marty for the rest of his future because he was so worried about it before. Yeah, I bet Clara's going to have to have a few conversations with Doc Brown. Like, not everything has to be about Marty. Like, we need to live our own lives. Um, yeah, What's going to no, happen to Doc Brown's house? It's just like... Marty's like, going to inherit it. I guess. And then they'll get to live in the cool, like, mansion-y house. Um, if, if Marty was a smarter character, I could see him, like, kind of taking all of this in its stead and just, like, using it for his future career. Like, you know, maybe he's a writer. Maybe he, like, becomes, like, an inventor or something. But he's not a smart he's character. Not he's not smart. idiot. So, like, he no, can't No, he just wants to be a rock star. Yeah, so I think, like, that's really the only avenue left to him is that he wants to be a rock star. I feel like he's good at music, but do he's I think he's great. going to be a rock star? Probably not. Um, so honestly, like, I think his future could be, like, quite similar to what it actually was in Back to the Future Part 2, but, like, maybe But at less... least he'll know he tried and he could achieve his goals if you put Yeah, and, like, maybe it. he'll, he'll, he won't be as, like, bitter and depressed and, like, maybe their home life will be happier, but, like, I do see him as sort of just, like, settling for the, you know, the office job and, you know, maybe, like, playing guitar on the side, but, like, I think it's gonna be sort of a similar scenario yeah yeah especially if jennifer's like what does jennifer do because she works but like they don't say what at they don't i don't know i have no well, idea because we don't we, know anything we about don't know jennifer. anything about jennifer <laughs> yeah so who knows oh shoulda woulda coulda i wonder what dave and linda are doing <laughs> i don't i don't know dave's going to the office he wears a suit yeah that's he always true wears a suit i always to wear a suit to the office piece of shit 
George is an author, which is cool. Yeah. I don't, we don't know what Lorraine is because again, this movie doesn't give a shit about female characters. Um, Probably a housewife because it's the 80s and she was raising children all through the 70s and she's a happily married person and she probably wouldn't have had a full-time job outside the house. Yeah. 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 And then, uh, well, Claire was a teacher, so that was cool. Now she's time traveling. Yeah. I Biff, bet they have some awesome adventures. The, the the Brown family. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Uh, Biff is just like back to his, you know. Auto detailing. Detailing self still in their lives. Kind of weird. Still uh, like happy and like. Yeah, weirdly happy that he's been punched in the face once. Yeah. I don't know. I really don't understand what the Biff character in 1985 is. He's just like, he even does sort of like a, a little shuffle with like, he, he almost like has a hunchback. Yeah. He's just like this diminutive, like submissive character who's just licking the boots of the McFly in a, family. And in I don't a, understand it at all. In a green Adidas jumpsuit. Jumpsuit. It's, it's, it's so bizarre. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Do we have anything else? Or is that... Um, I don't think so. What were we going to talk about at the end of this one? We already did Jar Jar, right? Did you want to talk about Timeless? Oh, oh, yes. Okay, yes. Because these movies, the ru- the rules of time travel in Timeless are different from the rules in this movie. Because yeah. in Timeless, you can't travel to a period of time where you have already been born. Like Doc Brown. Be- I guess that doesn't... I guess that kind of applies to this too. Although, no, or because Marty goes to ni- 1955 and he's still there. He's not born there, but he's present there. So I, th- I bet the same thing would apply. Or, yeah. and when he goes to 2015, he's alive in 2015. So he wouldn't be have been allowed to go there. But anyway, I Wasn't just wanted there... to bring it up. But the, 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 this movie like establishes rules of time travel that I feel like a lot of other shows and movies have tried to like adopt or fit into or change. Yeah, I mean, like, I... I tend to like the view of time travel that it's sort of like a loop where like everything is related to everything else and like you do something in the past and it has like immediate effects on the future and not like this sort of... The ripple effect? Yeah, and not like this thing where, um, you know, Marty doesn't, he has no memories of the future, like I the changes that he makes should have effects on, like, his personal brain. Because yeah. he would have lived through a different experience. Like, he would be a completely different person. And, um, yeah, I tend to like that approach better. Or, like, Douglas Adams, when he talks about the time travel, he thinks of it as, like, a puzzle where, like, you can you can think you're changing things, but, like, time is just a puzzle and, like, all the pieces end up fitting back together. The way yeah. that they always were going to fit together. Yeah, and I think this movie, the way time travel is, is established in this movie is, like, time is linear. And I feel like a lot of other theories now is that time is, everything that's happening is going to happen is just ha- happening, like, concurrently. And yeah. we just perceive it as linear. So who knows how actual time travel would work if that's the case. So, I don't know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's wild. Food for thought. It's a wild, it's a wild subject. Wild ride. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So that is the Back to the Future trilogy. <sighs> I love it All so three. dearly. So, so delightful. Yeah. I mean, like, so parts of it are better than others, but like, yeah. as a whole, it is pretty solid. A stand-up trilogy. Entertaining. Does not get old. No. Which is amazing. Yeah, definitely. Like, it's, it stands up. It's still entertaining. It's still entertaining. Yeah, even even as, <laughs> the issues that we have with it, and 
maybe how appropriate it is to show young people, (laughs) young children, questionable, but it holds up. Yeah, I mean, I saw it when I was pretty young, too, and it's, like, the things that are inappropriate, I feel like a lot of times you don't even register. Like, they just go over your head or you, like, find excuses for them that fit into your worldview. Like, you know, you just... Like, I knew when I was a kid, like, a young child watching that movie that, like, Biff was attacking Lorraine, but I wasn't thinking of it on, like, a sexual level because I was a small child and I was just, like... Yeah, you don't have that context. Yeah, so it's, like... You literally don't have that knowledge. If you're, like, if you don't have the context for it. Yeah. So... I mean, it is teaching you every swear word of the book, besides that word. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) Well, I mean, and a Um, few other choice words, but it's, it's got a lot of them. Yeah. So, uh, thank you for listening to all of the Back to the Futures, and stay tuned next time when we will be discussing the seminal classic from 1991, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. And that is it for us. Bye! Bye!